1: Welcome to Blowing Bubbles, Positive Conversations with People in Their Bubbles, Their Safe Spaces Around the World. I'm Samuel Mann in Soyers Bay, Dunedin, and I am joined from Fakatani by Mawira Karatai. Kia ora Mawira.
0: Sam, I understand you're in an oven.
1: It is very warm. Although we went for a swim this afternoon and <laughs> usually it was, that's
0: me. <laughs>
1: it was not just bl- an oven, it was also blowing a gale. So we were hot in the <laughs> harbour, which is unusual, and in huge waves in the harbour, which is also unusual.
0: Oh, so lots of entertainment in your
1: swim. Hmm. And how is the last day of the school holidays going? Last week of the school holidays? Oh,
0: we've still got been- a... Well, the boys, are currently I'm sitting down at the rifle range, so if it sounds a bit noisy, it's because it is. And uh, the boys are on their second lot of shots and um, enjoying every last minute that they've got before they start intermediate, so it's really exciting.
1: And who are we introducing today?
0: Today it is my great pleasure to introduce my friend Chris Williams. He, um, it's really hard to kind of sort of pin a label on him because he does so many amazing things. Um, he's uh, involved in film as a producer, as a writer, and as the chair of, his, um, of our regional film group. He's an educationalist. He's the father of two beautiful boys uh, and is just a remarkable human, really. So it's my real pleasure to introduce you to the world today in this interview. Chris, thanks for joining us.
2: Uh, kia ora, my friend. You're making me blush a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, Lovely Chris. Here. Where are you, Chris? Um, I am in um, otherwise known as Hamilton. Um, sitting at my uh, kitchen table slash um, workspace. Um, sweltering a little bit in the heat. It's been a warm day today.
1: So dad of two boys, how has the summer gone?
2: Yeah, it's it's been interesting. So my boys are twins. They're 17 now, uh, nearing the end of high school. Uh, they have year 13 to look forward to this year. So we had obviously um, NCEA last year and COVID. Um, so I think there was a lot of wanting to blow off some steam over Christmas and we're really lucky that we could do that. Um, it's the first sort of holiday break where they haven't spent uh, like New Year's Eve, for example, with the family. They've gone off and done their own things um, with their, their circle of friends. Um, I had one in Whangamata, uh, not involved in the, uh, <laughs> the riots of New Year's Eve. Um, standing well back from it, uh, I had to check. Um, and the other one was hanging out with his friends. I think they've had a, a good summer, a warm summer. It's been really, really hot. And did you um, do the big
1: Kiwi summer of of going camping like everybody else has done?
2: You know what? No. This year, I think the lead up to to Christmas for me was really busy uh, with work. Um, I actually had an injury, so I ended up in in hospital, but that's another story. Um, And I think we largely stayed at home i think we went off to the beach for about a week we're really fortunate to have a um a family batch that we could go to um out near whangamata um but on the whole i think it was just nice to be at home of our of our own volution of our own choice
1: at home by choice we spent quite a lot of last year at home, not by choice. How was your bubble life?
2: Um, it was. It was really interesting. A, a bit surreal, to be honest. Um, I had both my boys with me, um, solo dad. Um, well, single dad, I suppose, solo dad. Um, and being in high school, uh, I was fortunate enough to to keep working throughout that time. Uh, so we had a, a brief period of. Um, of probably stress and panic and, and <laughs> trying to, you know, get organized and, and um, up and running. But then we sort of developed a routine, which worked really well, um, particularly for the boys. They got to go out, do a bit of schoolwork, bit of exercise, um, you know, get some sunshine. Uh, whereas I was stuck behind my computer most of the time. What were you working on? Um. I I work for a tertiary education provider, so a polytechnic. Um, I look after quality systems, um, compliance, policies, all the fun stuff that that no one else likes to do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it was really good. I mean, we had such a supportive um, team and and workplace, uh, and they kept us really well informed throughout the whole um, lockdown Um, I got to have a little bit of fun, too. I was using our Zoom calls to make um, Brady Bunch uh, intros for our team and just filming each person individually, sort of looking up. I I had them all choreographed, so I had my teammates looking up at something imaginary above them and then to the side and then down below and smiling like idiots. So (laughs) it was a good uh, good bit of fun. Yeah. And it, we even got our own theme song our own our own theme tune, so that was
1: pretty cool. It was good to see those all of those zoom compilations that people put together of those sorts of those sorts of things where they're they 're actually interacting as a group like that, but they 're remarkably difficult to do
2: oh yeah, absolutely, and at the time, I was using a, a tired old workhorse of a computer that could barely handle um uh, showing one video on its screen let alone nine so yeah it made it well going
1: <laughs> is that Wint- nobody
2: was happy with nobody was happy with the singing it wasn't up to standard apparently um <laughs> but yeah we have a very musical group so it was good fun
1: is that WinTech you work for it is indeed yes and how's the how's the merger going from your perspective because you're much closer to the head office
2: oh absolutely um well, speaking in my own, I guess, personal capacity, I think it's really good. And I think it's interesting. Um, I think the vast majority of people would agree that it's needed. Uh, and I think we're all quite enthusiastic about what the future is going to bring.
1: Do you think that we might see some new measures of success come from it?
2: Yeah. Uh, oh. With, without a doubt without a doubt um, I think with uh, the advent of Te Pukenga we have uh, really taken a, a, a good long look at our approach to um, how we treat our to partnership for example and our obligations to Tangata Whenua uh, so we're actually doing a lot of exciting work in that space
1: yeah let's take the first of your music choices let's have Pink Floyd wish you were here why this one
2: uh, I've loved Pink Floyd, I think, ever since I became a teenager. Um, <laughs> there was a sort of a, a romanticism about that period where uh, the likes of Pink Floyd and the Beatles came up and then Led Zeppelin and everybody else followed. And I've always been a fan of, of rock. Um, it's a funny story about Pink Floyd. They last came as Pink Floyd, so the Dave um, Gilmore version. Um, to New Zealand, I was... Twelve, I believe, and I was offered the opportunity to go along and see them. And right at that time, I was like, I, I don't really care for this music; it doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> and then it was almost like the moment I turned thirteen, something just went boom inside my head, and I was like, these are the most amazing musicians I've ever heard. Um, I particularly like this song because it's it's quite poignant. I like the story behind it. Um, you know, is it an ode to Sted Barrett, one of their, or well, one of the founding members of Pink Floyd, who um, did a little bit too much LSD in his time? And I think the lyrics are beautiful. I think they're, they're, they're almost like poetry, but put to a bit of nice rock music.
1: Where well, it introduced you as a, a writer and a film producer.
2: Yes, that's that's right. I, I, I should preface that with sort of a, a, a wannabe writer and film producer. <laughs> um, I have produced precisely one short film, uh, which has now wrapped up and is going through um, festivals. We're sort of submitting it to to various short film festivals. Which is still, yeah, particularly tricky because of the whole COVID situation. Um, but yeah, an amazing experience. Uh, it really reinforced for me that I love the the medium of film. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I, I like to write. So that works well.
1: So you're going to have to tell us now what the short film's about.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, um, it is a short film called Blink. it's it's set in a a sort of seedy underground nightclub uh which has a real kind of swinging um, swinging 20s 1920s 1930s kind of feel to it um it is set around a competition and our main character of sally who's uh, a sort of down on her luck barmaid and looking for an opportunity to to get revenge, basically, on um, the people that wronged her. Uh, it, it was supposed to be a film that we shot here in the Waikato. Um, it was supposed to take maybe three or four nights over a couple of weekends. Uh, I think we worked on it, just the filming side of itself took around six months. And what was supposed to be a cast and crew of about 20, 25 people at last count became 87. Um, and we had an uh, amazing, amazing bunch of people. Uh, we had people who had been on uh, or cast and crew of things like uh, Hercules and Xena, uh, Shortland Street, Lord of the Rings, uh, The Meg, <laughs> the uh, the giant shark film that came out, um, Magic Mike. We had a uh, one of the, the ladies in costume had worked on Magic Mike um yeah it was it was fantastic and we had lighting trucks show up uh a lot of talented kiwis came to help us for free or for very little um so yeah our small budget short film became a bit of a slightly bigger budget um bigger film than what we anticipated is that because people like wanted to
1: contribute to a sort of part of a community type thing or, or was it a particularly oh.
2: compelling story what was what was the interest I think, I mean, I think that Hamilton and the Waikato in general has an amazing um, creative community. Uh, we don't often get the, I guess, the kind of coverage that other larger centres do when it comes to filmmaking in New Zealand. Um, you know, a lot of our guys from Hamilton will will migrate north to Auckland, um, or you'll sometimes find them down in, in Wellington or overseas. Um, so it's something that we're really passionate about, as well as showcasing uh, local filmmakers and various talent that we've got here and it's it's made and it's it's out there somewhere it is it is. well you you can't basically watch it at the moment because that's part of uh the whole going through festivals and submitting to festivals is that they don't like that kind of thing to be widely available yet they want to be the first to screen it to their audiences so cool yeah it's 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 going well I think so. I think so. We, um, there are less festivals that we would like to submit to this year because of COVID. A lot of them have switched to, um, to virtual uh, festivals, virtual screenings, um, which, which is fine, and I can totally understand why, uh, but we're trying to target those um, basically English-speaking festivals, so that cuts out a big market already, but English-speaking festivals um, that are actually still having safe live screenings. Uh, so there's been a couple of um submissions to festivals in australia for example um and we're just really waiting to hear back at this stage it puts you in the same boat as the the big budget
1: films cuz they're just releasing like once to a to, to a theater aren't they and then and then looking for festivals and and looking for for
2: streaming absolutely i think it's warner brothers um i could be wrong but i think it's it's warner brothers who have just decided that they are going to um, release all of their films on um, streaming platforms uh, which has created quite a bit of controversy because you have um filmmakers like dennis villeneuve who, who's doing the dune uh movie um coming out soon and I mean, that looks like the kind of movie that you really want to see on the big screen. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have a cinematic experience. And I think even those of us with the largest TVs at home would just not quite get that same feeling. Uh, and I think there's something really magical about going to a cinema and and that experience of being there and surrounded by people and yet alone in the dark with your with your popcorn and your Coke and what have you. Uh, and it's something that kind of, for me, is, is just really... I love that experience, Um, and I expect a lot of these filmmakers are the same.
1: I wonder if they start making films differently, knowing that they're going to be viewed in a different way. Would they less find detail,
2: perhaps? Potentially, but then you're also also faced with the, the technological advancements that really show up the detail in everything that you're doing, whether it's your hair and makeup or your set design. Um, modern cameras uh, and digital cameras uh, and techniques are so uh, invasive, I guess, in that sense, that they can pick up every little detail. Um, So I I think not so much perhaps that there'll be less detail, but I think you'll find more intricate storytelling will will remain on TV and on on platforms like Netflix and whatnot, and you'll, you'll get your big budget movies will... Uh, we'll still be screened in cinema, I think, but I also expect them to be a little bit more choosy, at least until um, the the pandemic has been sorted out. And when that happens, we're going to be in for a bumper crop of movies, I'm sure.
1: <laughs> I wonder if it's possibly going to lead to, if it, if it's moving, at least for a while, moving movies to other devices. I wonder if it'll drive a bit of a push to interaction, pick-a-path movies. Well,
2: potentially. I mean, we've seen that again with Netflix and some of the um, the Black Mirror films, and I think there's a couple of others as well. Um, whether or not that's a bit of a gimmick that, that loses its interest after a while, I don't know. Um, I mean, you know, the theater, the, the movie business has always been good at trying... Sort of new things to entice people in to watch their their products.
1: Yeah, but but the the attention span of a video on a little screen is not particularly long. I mean, while we might sit (laughs) we, we might sit glued to scrolling through Facebook trying to reach the bottom of the internet for an hour or more. Would we watch it? I
2: think my 17-year-old sons might disagree with you there. (laughs) Um, They can quite happily spend hours watching um, uh, YouTube personalities and influencers and stuff like that uh, on YouTube, whether it's their... Filming and watching other people playing Xbox or PlayStation games or uh, watching football shows and things like that. There's plenty for them to see on there and it seems to capture their attention.
0: <laughs> Bubble Sprite of the Forest of Orokanui, Dunedin's favorite goddess,
4: Tahu Mackenzie.
5: Kia ora koutou, Kia ora Kia koutou, koutou ho You're all having stay a beautiful star Your beloved universe. We hope wherever you are, if whatever's happening, this journey that we're all on to prove to be, we mm-hmm. sustain it and illuminate for you. We what day. who you are, the triumphs are perfect. Mm-hmm. So I've had a very exciting day. And of course I've been really looking forward to talking to you about it. And here in Autoportistan Eden, it has been absolutely a sunny day. 31 degrees. And I went and frolicked about in the sea this morning, it was wonderful. And then this afternoon I am very lucky that I managed to persuade my beautiful friend Mary and her son Rabbit to come with me on a big adventure and we went to this amazing swimming hole in the forest which is quite a clamber to get to but very exciting once you do get there. We had a wonderful swim and there was a big waterfall and I really enjoyed standing under the waterfall and it's quite a historic swimming hole and, and walk. It's part of the old water racing system of Aote Pote Dunedin. It's very fascinating on that aspect as well. And yes, I was just really grateful for the opportunity to frolic about freely. And as we know, at all times we are free, but it's wonderful to really experience the remembrance of this. And for me, I have been encouraged to take some leave because I have been working rather flat out for a long time. And just having this slight shift in terms of my sense of what I'm doing with my time and energy, even if it's still directed towards my heart's home, Orokanui Eco Sanctuary, I am doing it in a state of freedom being on annual leave. And just that little shift, of course, is sending out all these ripples of awareness as to all the other aspects of my life in which I am free at this time. And so, as we all know, I'm living on my own now for the first time ever. And that is a source of great freedom. And this is to be celebrated. And, of course, that sense of freedom in terms of where we are at all around the world we are so free and how wonderful how grateful I am to the dream team of 5 million how grateful I am to be here in Autiportistan to be able to move about freely whilst of course scanning and making sure I'm following all those COVID-19 guidelines and then of course a sense of freedom in terms of the choice that we always have in each moment in terms of how we choose to perceive the world around us how we choose to engage with the world around us how we choose to frame and emotionally understand our environment and ourselves within that environment and how we choose to behave how we choose to communicate which aspects of ourselves with the infinite ecosystem within us all that unique universe that we carry within that unique consciousness that we all possess which aspects of this do we choose to share Something I love about us, obviously, as a species is that we each possess consciousness, and consciousness by sharing our understandings and our perspectives based on our observation, our life. We really help each other, we learn from each other. So I really hope that for all of you this new year is bringing for you a new freedom and a renewal of your understanding of yourself or your skills and ability. And also I hope you're seeing ways in which can become even more free Obviously, we're in the last few days of whanuary, finding the fun in our lives each day, but I'm about to embark on, of course, a whole month of freebuary. So celebrating freedom and trying to not spend any money on anything. So that's going to be very exciting. And I'll look forward to talking to you all tomorrow. Thank you so much. Kakiti.
1: You're listening to Blowing Bubbles. We're talking with Chris Williams. Is filmmaking something you have always wanted to do?
2: Uh, yeah, I think I've been interested in filmmaking since I was a kid. I have thought about this quite a bit recently and where that interest in filmmaking started for me. And I have amazingly fond memories of going to the opening night of Jurassic Park um, in Palmerston North with my dad um, as a as a young young lad. And it was like a rock concert. There were People wall to wall. You had to. I remember having to hold on to my dad's shirt as we sort of snaked our way through the crowds. Um, and every cinema was full. Every cinema was screening Jurassic Park, and I was just really taken by the, of course, the amazing um, special effects. You know, practical and and graphical, graphic CGI. Um, and I think that was, for me was where I was like, this this is an amazing way to tell stories. Uh, I'd always been a creative person, drawing pictures, writing crazy stories with uh, my friends, even from primary school. So this was an avenue that I was really interested in. Um, And then as an adult, I got the opportunity to take part in uh, a local, well, the 48-hour Furious Filmmaking Competition, which is starting again soon, I might Mm -hmm. add. Um, And that was... A great experience. I, I recall being awake. It was about eleven o'clock on a Friday night, mixing fake blood in a kitchen <laughs> in somebody's um, flat, uh, which we then splattered on the on the ground. And we didn't win that year, but our, our our genre was horror. And I remember everyone just marveling at how the the killer's reflection sort of shone, and the fake blood that we splattered <laughs> all over the ground, and just how immensely proud everybody was of that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> in terms of the stories, do you think that? No. How, um, how do you think we're going to tell the stories of the the pandemic year? I'm going to say pandemic singular year. Do you do you think that that's going to be a a, a moment that we're going to look back on in, in storytelling?
2: Well I think uh, Michael Bay might have already beaten you to that. Um, (laughs) He he, I think is working on a pandemic movie at the moment where they're dealing with COVID-23 or something. Uh, Not particularly a filmmaker I want to emulate but uh, yeah he certainly has his fans. Uh, I I think it's something that we will be grappling with for a while. But then again maybe people are a little bit overhearing about it so people might switch off from that or it might be a little too close to the bone i mean we've certainly had our fair share of zombie movies over the the last you know 30 years which have um, often been as a result of of a plague or uh, man's hubris (laughs) yeah i remember
1: during the actual lockdown watching the adverts that were on and you could certainly tell the adverts that had been filmed pre-pandemic because it was really weird because there was people like close to each other and breathing on each other and <laughs> you know touching each other sort of it, yeah. but no, it wasn't it, it wasn't just that it was the it seemed to me like the, the the message had changed that it was a lot more about now a lot more about the the story of just being at home and that's okay. And we're still seeing those. We're still seeing those in the the adverts that are are telling the story of how the family's getting on at home.
2: To be honest, I, I wouldn't really know. I don't watch enough TV with adverts these days to, <laughs> to have picked up on that, unfortunately. Um, so I have to take your word for it there. Um, I do expect at some point though that we'll probably see a, a story on Shortland Street that'll be pandemic-related if they haven't already done it. I could talk about anything
1: about it then. I don't really watch much television either because we we don't really anymore. We were staying with with relatives over the the last weekend, and their television wasn't set up to receive the normal television we were trying to watch the sailing and it it wasn't possible on their television until we figured out how to um install the Uh, the app to to stream tv on demand to it to watch live television
2: yeah well i mean we, we certainly do watch a bit of tv here but it's usually through streaming services these days um i'm i'm loving the fact that i can introduce my boys to old movies and old TV shows and and I use that word loosely because old for them could be you know 15 years ago um, whereas old for me is more like 40 50 years ago Uh, but I I love being able to introduce them to a lot of these old classic movies Um, and we do a bit of gaming on there Um, I bought an Xbox and a PlayStation uh, years ago so that we could you know do that as a sort of other son activity
1: We've seen lots of changes in society over the, the last few months, the last year. What do you think will stick and what do you hope will stick?
2: Oh, good question. Well, one of the things I guess that's concerned me is the, the rise of conspiracy theories. I know that's something that's been spoken about a lot. Um, I worry that that will stick. Um, i hope that i guess that the the caring nature and the empathy is something that will hopefully be around it's been really nice to see um, people being a bit more empathetic towards others Uh, there, there will always be that that group of people who who aren't Empathetic, who can't express that concern uh, for whatever reason. But it has been nice to see, uh, I think, a lot more of a caring attitude come back. And that's something that uh, us Kiwis have always been sort of known for. Um, yeah.
1: Did you find that your boys, um, are not understood, but did the the be kind message
2: resonate with them? I think so. Um, I think it's something that uh, as a parent, you have to model and you have to engage with them in that as well. Um, We've used, this didn't happen during the pandemic, for example, but there was a song by the rapper Macklemore, um, Same Love, that was all about same-sex marriages in the United States. I remember using that as a really good, I hate this word, but segue (laughs) <laughs> into a discussion um, about things like homophobia and um, you know, LGBTQ rights and stuff and putting it in, in a perspective that they could understand. You know, the, um, for I have a lot of um, uh, LGBTQ friends. Some of them are some of my best friends. Um, and it was really interesting when you, you consider that maybe 5% roughly of the population um, is generally... You know LGBTQ um, and so putting that in a perspective of well just think about that in your school of 2,000 kids how many people that is that that are actually dealing with that on top of dealing with being a teenager uh, and everything that comes along with that you then add that whole extra layer of, of coming to terms with oneself or dealing with um, dealing with other people's you know misconceptions or, or bigotry. So, yeah, not so much during the lockdown. Um, I think we all just tried to stay sane. <laughs> but, yeah, we've definitely had those kind of conversations.
1: It's interesting you talk about how it links to those sorts of questions. One of the questions we've been asking people is the the lessons that we can take from the pandemic and the pandemic response for those bigger sorts of questions, things like climate change and social justice.
2: Hmm. Seeing those uh, clear skies in, what was it, New Delhi, um, and being able to see the, the the Himalayas in the distance, that that's a pretty sombering image when you consider that just a few weeks before that you wouldn't have been able to see uh, such a beautiful sight. Or you're having, having uh, various animals and sea creatures return to places where they hadn't previously been. It just goes to show you how much of an impact uh we as a as a as a race have on the rest of the world but
1: do you think we will do anything about it or or will we just say well that was that was a beautiful thing we didn't expect it but that's mm-hmm. nice and uh, let's get back to the party we were having
2: i i like to be an optimist <laughs> i really do um I, I i look for for the best in humanity um but I would be not being true to myself if I said that's what I expected um, it to be. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. But those are questions that are a little too big for me to comprehend, I think.
1: Let's take the second of your music choices. Let's have 660. Let's have the Tereo version. Don't forget your roots. Why this one?
2: Um, well... I really, I mean, one, I like the original song. Um, I love the resurgence of Tadeo uh, in Altero. I think it's it's beautiful. I'm learning myself very, very poorly, I might add. Um, but I think it's, and, and the message is really important as well. The message is, is it's, it's not quite the same as, as not forgetting your roots. It's more about where you go that you take, who you are and and I guess where you're from with with you when you go which I think is really fitting for uh the great OEs that that Kiwis are known for I mean right now of course that that's a little hard for us to do (laughs) um but I really like that message of when we go overseas uh or when we go to a new place in New Zealand we're kind of ambassadors for our people and where we're from um And I really like that. And I just think the Taleo version is awesome. I think a lot of people have dissed 660 um, as being overly simplistic. I've heard that thrown around or that every song sounds the same. Um, And I think this is a prime example of of why they don't deserve uh, those kind of criticisms.
6: My yakwe can't make
0: imagination is a big part of um, life I think um, something that I've uh, come to realize that we take for granted and, and um, a lot of times I think and at the moment we're not doing enough to stimulate our kids imaginations what do you credit with yours where did your imagination come from
2: oh wow um, probably being born prior to the advent of the internet and mobile phones <laughs> um, I've thought about this a lot, too, and I, I really think that in order to, to foster a good imagination, you have to have that time and that space to actually, I guess, kind of get into that zone. Um, I, I, I find the same thing with my writing. Like, I can take a while to warm up sometimes to get in that space where I feel creative and, and feel like I can and really utilize my imagination. Um, so I think the, the ability to disconnect um, from things like social media, um, from technology, I know it's probably almost a little cliche to say that, but I really think that that space allows you to, to then utilize the other tools, the other things that are around you besides the things that have been created to entertain you.
0: And I think you're, I think you're exactly right there, and I, I look at gaming as a, as a really good example of that gaming and a lot of programs actually um, not just games where um, your choices have been determined by somebody else and the outcome of your choices have also been determined by somebody else and where is your choice in any of that and what are the implications of that and how you live your life
2: Oh, I, I think I would I could challenge that a little bit and say that perhaps you're right in a broad sense. I mean, there are rules when you create a, a game, a, a universe, uh, it has some form of structure, or most games do. Um, but I think you're still free to an extent to create within. I mean, there are games out there like Minecraft where you can just create. Um, again, they still have rules. There are still Um, rules that must be adhered to within that gaming universe but they do allow for a lot of creation I mean for me for example I love the medium of film I love filmmaking uh, and I love watching tv I have to vet quite heavily what I watch and be very picky because I don't have a lot of free time Um, but at the same time I think gaming is another area where you're engaging different parts of your brain. You know, you're you're, you're using problem-solving skills to, to try and navigate around a problem, whether it's, I don't know, somebody on a field shooting at you or whether it's you're trying to build a particular archway or solve a particular puzzle. It's engaging a part of your brain that perhaps TV and movies don't necessarily stimulate in the same way. Hmm. But then again, you could also flip it around and say, well, TV and movies uh, can be really good at, at um, engaging with your more emotional um, side. So it goes both ways, I guess.
0: Indeed, and nothing takes the place of books.
2: <laughs> no, that is true. If, if I could show you around right now, you'd see that I've got one, two, three, four bookcases at home um, packed with books, kind of four and a half really. So yeah, I do love to read and I'm old fashioned. I like to hold a book.
0: Mm.
1: <laughs> So I have some questions to end the show with. What is the biggest success you've had in the last couple of years?
2: The biggest success? Wow. I only have to think about that. Um, Most recently, I think I've hit the halfway mark in my screenplay that I've been writing and researching for the better part of sort of five years. Um, I'm now getting down to the business side of it. Yep, thumbs up for that. Um, For me, that's been a a huge accomplishment and I can finally see the the finish line in sight. So that's been something that's really, I'm proud of. Um, I'll be even prouder when I've finished.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So we're writing a book of these conversations. It's called Tomorrow's Heroes. It's our team of people doing good work. So you are in our team. What is the superpower that's got you into the mansion?
2: <laughs> well, I often joke that my superpower is stating the obvious, so I'm not sure if that's really um, fitting for, for your book of tomorrow's, tomorrow's champions. Um, LAUGHTER I don't know I for me actually a topic that we haven't really talked about today But something that is really important to me is mental health um, and particularly men's mental health um, I'm a big uh, proponent and in, in Guys in particular sort of taking a bit of ownership for that and talking to each other and checking up on their mates uh, being a bit more open um, Losing that kind of John Wayne style of, of you know, silent sort of hero uh, and actually just being a bit more real. So that's that's something that's really important to me. And if if I have my way, then we'll be doing Movember at work this year across the whole organisation. Um, I'm uh, organising our, our uh, Workplaces um, Relay for Life team for the Waikato event this year. And that'll be my kind of warm-up for perhaps running a, a month of activities in November. But, yeah, men's mental health, I think, it's really important to me.
1: Do you consider yourself to be an activist?
2: <laughs> uh, n- not really, uh, although I know a few people that would probably disagree <laughs> with that. Um, I'm not exactly a wallflower. Uh, um, I'm known to speak my mind, and that has definitely got me into trouble before. So if that's a sort of form of activism, then he says tentatively
1: (laughs) so what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning
2: ah well uh i like to get up uh, out of bed in the morning go for a walk um i enjoy the fresh air. i like variety and challenge so i'm always looking for new things to engage with uh, whether it's in, in the day job uh or new hobbies um I, I'm very much probably the jack of all trades, yet to master any of them, but um, I enjoy you know, variety. It is the spice of life.
1: And what's the biggest challenge or perhaps opportunity you're looking forward to in the next year or so?
2: Well, I'd have to say on the, on the work front, I think all the changes that we, we discussed earlier um, happening with the tertiary education sector are going to be challenging but but also a really good opportunity. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, the biggest challenge for me will be probably finishing my screenplay this year. Uh, I hope to finish the first draft um, before the middle of the year and then spend a few months tweaking it. So, yeah.
1: Cool. We look forward to that. And lastly, do you have any cool.
2: advice for our listeners? Oh, be kind to your mother. Uh, um, <laughs> sorry. I uh, advice. Well, oh, you're probably on the spot a bit. To be honest, I, I think just remembering that um, yeah, you know, everybody's got their own battles going on, and to be kind to people, be honest with yourself. Sorry, it's not more prophetic than that, but that's, on the sounds, spot, that's all I can think of. <laughs> that's pretty
1: good to me. Moera. Well,
0: I think, actually, that was really good advice because in this, this time we're we are all struggling with this constant boogeyman in the closet who could jump out and give us all COVID at any minute. This this... <laughs> There's this fear that everybody's carrying around of, of what could go wrong and, and a lot of misunderstanding and fake news and all the rest of it. And and I think it is really important that we all actually just take a breath and be kind to ourselves and those around us and be patient and um and, and think into the future when we're part of this. That is really great advice, actually. Thank you very much, Chris, and thank you for joining us today.
2: Oh, you're welcome. It's been fun.
1: Thank you very much. We were talking about where you go, you take your roots with you, so let's go out to Crowded House. Always take the weather with you. This We've been listening to Blowing Bubbles, positive conversations with people in their bubbles, their safe spaces around the world. Brought to you by the Sustainable Lens Team, which is brought to you by Otago Polytechnic. We broadcast on Otago Access Radio every weekday afternoon at three and streamed and podcast on oar.org.nz. You can find us on Facebook and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We had a contribution today from Tahu McKenzie. I'm Samuel Mann in Sawyer's Bay Dunedin with Mawira Karatai in Fakatani and in Hamilton, Chris Williams. We hope you enjoyed the show.
0: podcast was produced by Or FM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.